You're listening to the RSA Conference podcast, where the world talks security. Hello, and welcome to this special edition RSA Conference podcast. This is your host, Brenna Dobbins of the RSA Conference editorial team. Now, as the countdown to RSAC 2019 continues, Britta Hugh, our our typical co-host of the RSAC podcast and the program committee, are hard at work selecting the strongest content to deliver at conference this year to give our attendees the best experience possible. Now, behind the curtains, the content team works closely with the RSA conference program committee, a group of industry leaders and luminaries to review the thousands of submissions we receive every year. The program committee works to identify the best content, and as a group, selections are made and the agenda is built. That's what's happening right now. Now, each of the more than 20 tracks at RSAC have about two to four program committee members focused on that track or seminar, and in this RSA conference podcast episode, I'll be talking to a handful of those members of our program committee to hear what trends they are seeing in submissions and their respective areas of focus this year and how that intersects with what's happening in the latest in the industry. So for now, I am joined by Merlin Namath. Hey, Merlin, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Yes, hi, Brenda. My name is Merlin Namath. I'm a Chief Information Security Officer at a company called The Reed Group. I have been in security for about uh, 20 years and have experience uh, from being hands-on with uh, performing computer forensics, uh, compliance, architecture, and engineering, and also as a security leader, building and running uh, numerous uh, security programs. Awesome. Well, welcome to the episode. We're thrilled to chat with you. So as the program committee member for the security strategy and architecture track, what is the number one trend you saw in call for speaker submissions this year for RSAC 2019? Hands down, it's definitely a zero trust. Uh, We saw a huge number of submissions around that topic. People just trying to define what zero trust really means. And there seems to be some disagreement as to what it really means, uh, let alone how to implement that. So it should be interesting to see with different uh, presentations this year if consensus is reached as to what zero trust uh, really means, you know, by definition. Now, how do you see this trend of zero trust really popping up in submissions connect to what's happening in the industry today? And how do you anticipate it really playing out in the next year or so in the industry? I think people are just trying to figure out how to continue to uh, make their environments uh, more secure. So, one of the things that we, we run into, one of the challenges uh, in our security programs is that we have so many different integrations with third parties into our data. So while we might trust that third party, you know, what are they really doing with our data? And are people from, you know, the third parties in, are, are they authorized people to actually be accessing that data? And one of the things I saw in several of the submissions with Zero Trust is, is tackling that issue of, you know, being able to really hone in on uh, who has access and what do they specifically have access to? So it's authorization for the right people as well as uh, do they have a need to know and a a need to use that particular information from your company. Well, it'll be really interesting to see how this plays out at conference and in 2019. Thank you so much for your thoughts, Merlin. Thank you. Okay, I am now joined by Greg Day. Hey, Greg, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi, listeners. My name's Greg Day. I'm the Chief Security Officer for Palo Alto Networks in EMEA, which, if you don't know, is Europe, Middle East, and Africa. As the program committee member for the hackers and threats track for RSAC, what is the number one trend you saw among submissions in that track for RSA Conference 2019? Well, I think the first thing to say is every year we get a phenomenal quality and volume of submissions. 
There are so many different topics. It's unbelievable. But if I try and tie two together, I think, that are very pertinent this year, uh, I think we saw more sessions talking about AI and machine learning, and that's obvious because it's so topical. But it was interesting that it was both how do security organizations leverage this, uh, how do businesses leverage it, but also how is the adversary leveraging it in their own way to subvert our capabilities to either detect them or, or block them. But I also want to just tie that into something else that I think was very closely linked, which was obviously lots of submissions around IoT. And I think the two are linked because they're both about how do we gather more data, more intelligence, and then do smarter things with it. And, and both of those areas have got phenomenal growth coming up in the next few years. Right. Yeah. And that leads right into our next question, which how do you see these trends of AI and machine learning and and IoT really reflecting in the industry today, and how do you see that playing out in the next year? You know, if I take it to that kind of common ground, it's all about gathering more and more data. And I think probably the trend that we're starting to see across the industry is how do we standardize and, and normalize this? And that's everything from, you know, what are the, the protocols that, that data actually comes back in? How do we share that across all sorts of, of different methods, whether that's kind of cooperation across the industry, whether that's using industry standards to actually then process that data. And then, especially when I think of, of both of those techniques, how do I actually push the output from those back into whatever capability it is that uh, each organization is, is trying to use? And I guess that it almost brings in a, a third theme here, which is a hard one to get away from, which is the idea of DevOps. And how do I make my security as automated as the DevOps environment they're trying to support? Well, thank you so much for your insight, Craig. Really appreciate your time today. My pleasure. Thank you. Hey, now I am joined by Andrew Hay. Hi, Andrew. How are you? Please introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi, I'm doing very well. My name's Andrew Hay. I'm the co-founder and CTO at Leo Cybersecurity. So, Andrew, as the program committee member for the Emerging Threats Track, what is the top trend or two um, that you saw really bubble to the top um, of submissions as a key theme for the emerging threat track this year? So unsurprisingly, the largest number of talk submissions centered around ransomware, uh, and that could be due to the legacy of the summit being, uh, used to be called the Ransomware and Destructive Attacks Summit, and then the first year it was run as just the Ransomware Summit. So what's interesting this year, however, is that the number of submissions related to crypto jacking has increased quite a bit. And crypto jacking is the unauthorized use of someone else's computer to mine cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin. And what happens is the crypto jacking code gets placed on websites either as a result of a security flaw or deliberate action by the site owner. And yeah, we saw quite a few submissions related to not just cryptocurrency, but it's association with organized crime and opportunistic crime. How do you see um, this kind of uptick in submissions around crypto jacking connect to what's happening in the industry today? And, and how do you envision that potentially playing out in the next year in the industry? Well, there's been quite a bit of coverage in the media throughout 2018 with regards to crypto jacking. There's a really interesting paper that was written by a number of researchers entitled Web-Based Crypto Jacking in the Wild. And it actually stated that the 10 most profitable crypto mining sites identified only 119 to 340 US dollars per day 
So even though we're talking about it quite a bit in the media, it's a long ways away from the estimated $2 billion a year ransomware market, which is still, you know, just absolutely booming. Over the next year, I think that cryptojacking and ransomware combined are going to continue to plague both end users and organizations. And it's really because there's money involved. The attackers are financially motivated to use these tools to generate whether it be cryptocurrency or actual hard cash. And it's really just a matter of extortion uh, or a form of extortion that's been around for thousands of years. And these new technological methods combined with the anonymity provided by the internet are really providing a way for these types of crimes to increase. And we're going to see a lot more of that over the next year and years to come. It'll be interesting to keep an eye on it and look forward to how it will play out for RSAC 2019 and throughout the rest of the year and beyond. Um, so thank you so much, Andrew, for sharing your thoughts. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. Okay, I am now joined by Lenny Levy. Hi, Lenny. Please introduce yourself to our listeners. Well, thank you. Uh, glad to be here today. My name is Lenny Levy. As mentioned, I am the Chief Information Security Officer for one of the largest healthcare systems in the United States. Awesome. Now, as the program committee member for the Artificial Intelligence and Machine Learning Track for RSAC 2019, what is the number one trend you saw in submissions in that track this year? Well, if the submissions for this track are any indication, the hype for artificial intelligence and machine learning and cybersecurity is hitting epic proportions. This year, it seemed like no security product is complete without these technologies embedded. Interesting. And how do you really see this trend connecting to, you know, what's happening in the industry today and, and how might you expect or predict that it might play out in the next year? Organizations are really trying to address cybersecurity challenges with limited resources. So the promise of technology that makes addressing cybersecurity risks more efficient is very, very attractive. However, the excessive hype in the market may make it harder for organizations to leverage solutions that will have a true impact. Now, if we play this out into the future, you know, we've seen time and time again there is no silver bullet for security. So in the short term, unfortunately, I see the hype continuing to rise. Over time, we'll probably see those products emerge that provide true value and are actually successful in the market, leveraging artificial intelligence and machine learning appropriately. Well, thank you so much, Lenny, for your thoughts today. I appreciate your time. No problem. Thank you for having me. I am now joined by Diana Kelly and Aaron Turner. Hi, Diana and Aaron. Please introduce yourselves. We'll have Diana. Um, you kick us off. Sure. My name is Diana Kelly. I'm the cybersecurity field CTO at Microsoft. I've got just about 30 years of experience in IT, almost all of that focused on security. We didn't call it cybersecurity back then. It was just IT security. And I've had a range of different jobs all the way from building and managing global networks, being a research analyst in my current role at Microsoft. Great. And Aaron, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Hello, I'm Aaron Turner, CEO and founder of Hotshot. We are an encrypted messaging platform. My background in security and encryption dates back to the mid-1990s. I've held jobs in the private sector, worked for governments, uh, helped companies all around the world deal with data protection, and basically using encryption in ways to help them achieve their business goals. 
Excellent. Now, as the program committee members for the Blockchain and Applied Crypto Track for RSAC 2019, what is the number one trend you saw in submissions in that track for this year? Aaron, do you want to kick us off? Sure. When it comes to applied cryptography, cryptocurrencies have been all the rage. People have been trying to use cryptography to create these online currencies. And one of the things that we saw was basically how many people were submitting sessions looking to promote that. As Diana and I took a look at those submissions, we really used the filter to focus on a lot of the unintended consequences of how cryptocurrency has motivated people to make some poor decisions and also motivated people to attack other people's systems, to hijack them, and to use other people's electricity to be able to mine that cryptocurrency. So we wanted to make sure we highlighted a lot of that from a, a an unintended consequence perspective of saying, look, cryptocurrency can be good, but let's make sure we think about all of this badness that comes along with it. And then in addition to that, people also think about blockchain, and, and we focused on how do you actually use blockchain for good in, a, in an actual deployable way? So I completely agree with what Aaron said. Uh, the other trend we saw in submissions, and Aaron, I'm going to quote you from when we were looking through the submissions, was quantum, quantum, quantum. A lot of interest in quantum. It's the new hotness, and we did put some quantum computing into this track so that people can understand and get a baseline for what it means and maybe work it into their three- to five-year strategies. But as far as implementation today, blockchain is really much more on the applied side. Gotcha. Now, Diana, how do you see that trend really connecting to what's happening in the industry today, and how do you see it playing out in the next year? Yeah, I think the biggest one, going back to looking at blockchain and the applied part of cryptography, that really organizations understanding the difference between things like proof of work versus proof of stake and blockchain, getting outside of this magical unicorn thinking and understanding, you know, or even just the things that you hear repeated again, you know, oh, it's a, you know, an immutable ledger or it can't be, it's a tamper-proof ledger, you know, that, that having the explanation for organizations to understand what this really means, what they can do with it, and get past that magical marketing and down into the implementation reality. Interesting. And Aaron, what are your thoughts there? As Diana mentioned, we think that there's some near-term things that can be achieved by using this technology people have branded blockchain, but it has to be limited in ways where people realize that a blockchain is only as valuable as the people who stand behind it. Who are the ones who attest to the validity of that information? And so we wanted to make sure that we promoted the opportunities for people to talk about situations where blockchain can be used in complex supply chain situations like food supply and other situations where having information in the public domain is a good thing. And so we really wanted to focus on sessions where people promoted how we thought were the best uses of that applied cryptographic technology. Great. Well, thank you so much to both of you, Diana and Aaron, for your thoughts today. appreciate your time. Thank you. Yes, thank you for the opportunity. Great. So I hope you all, to our, our listeners, enjoyed this compilation of insights from a few of our members of our program committee and then it gives you a taste of what you can expect to see at RSAC 2019 coming up in March. And we hope to see you there. Thank you all so much for listening. <laughs>